Welcome, foolish mortals. Time to be turning around. If only you could. Cause this here's the wildest ride in the wilderness! What's holding you up? Let's get on with the show. We can't hang around here all day. Ladies and gents, this is the moment you've waited for. There's no turning back now. This is the greatest show. It's time for the WDW Beyond the Gates podcast with your hosts, Michael Hurley and Gary Aruda. That's right. This is the WDW Beyond the Gates podcast, episode number 476, recorded from the Defunt Laurie Studios in Kent County, Rhode Island in sunny southwest Florida. I'm your host, Gary, joined, as always, by my co-host and my cousin, Mike, down in Florida. How are you doing today, Michael? I'm doing well, buddy. What's new? Not much. Did you watch the Celtics yesterday, or what? I watched the Celtics yesterday. Now, you, you got all over me because I said the NBA is a bad product. Yeah, because you're just a cranky curmudgeon. That's true. Everything's a bad product. Baseball is a bad product. It the is. NBA is a bad product. You're NBA miserable. I like college. You're worse than me. We're about the same. No, you're worse. You hate as much. You hate more than I do. No. Let's all right. Let's look. I hate Major League Baseball. Yep. The NFL. Yeah, I don't hate the NFL. I like the NFL. Okay, I don't like the NFL. Although I'm looking at splitting a subscription with somebody <laughs> with the NFL season ticket. Um. And I like hockey, and I like the NBA. I I don't hate hockey. I just don't watch hockey. And I like college basketball and college football. Okay. And golf. We both like golf. We can agree on that. Although you hate golf more than I do. Like, if you came down to golf. I no. Golf I hate playing you. it. Yeah, I but like you, you were, like, miserable playing. about the Masters. You don't like. I don't Who was know. I you miserable just... about? Because I asked you who you thought was going to win. You said you didn't care. You don't even want to watch it or something like that a few weeks ago on the show. Uh, we might have to <laughs> go back go and the, listen. Jump into the archives. I'm not, I don't recall that. Who hates more stuff? Let's bring on an expert on hate. We have Angry New Phil Jr. joining us this week. I Ooh. hate more stuff, apparently. Well, yeah, but who's more miserable, Mike or myself? I think Mike's going to get the win on this one. I, th- I think Mike is openly miserable, and you just pretend not to be miserable. Yes. The group. Yes. Mm, I'm not. I'm, I think I pretend to be more miserable just to try to fit in. No. no I, th- I, I think, think you pretend exactly to be the glasses right. half full kind of guy. I wear it on my sleeve. You're a closet miserable person. He's just building it all up inside, like you just know it's festering. Oh no, I have nothing. I'm I'm empty inside. I got nothing. I hold nothing back. I'm like you're empty inside. uh, Yeah, I'm like a hot air balloon. I just float away. You need a hug. No, but uh, thank you for joining us, Phil. How are you? I'm good tonight, guys. How about you? You adjusting back to the uh, East Coast time yet? Yeah, it usually takes a day. When I travel by myself, I usually just take the red eye home, but the little ones weren't going to deal with that. And I think we got the youngest to bed at 1 a.m. Mm. I had to give her some melatonin. It happens. Now, the uh, I was going to say, does it? you're used to travel. Do you travel out west a lot yourself? No, I'll go out west maybe once a year. Usually all east coast or within a time yeah. zone or two, but you, you just get used to it. Travel's not fun anymore. Like it, it used to be interesting. Now you just got to crowd yourself on the plane. My kids were all jealous. I sent them pictures from first class. I'm like, are we flying first class to California? No, you are not. Sorry, children. You can go back to steerage with everybody else. They saw those business class seats that recline all the way down, no television screens, their eyes lit up. And then I just had to dash their hopes and keep pushing them to the, keep back, pushing of them to the back of the plane. Here you go. Look, we packed some peanuts for you. Here you go. Here's some gummy bears. That's why I don't even fly the ones that have it. Nothing to like get tempted by. They have short little legs anyway. That's true. That's a good point. Well, I meant for myself. It's the way to do it. Just Southwest. They don't have any options. Breeze, I, that's the newest junk one I'm going to try out in September. Are you taking them? I almost flew yeah. them a few months ago, but the problem was they had like two flights a week, and if I got stuck on a Thursday, <laughs> I didn't get home till Tuesday. 
Yeah, that's a good point. I think luckily they're at that point they're going to have every day. Flights. I wish it, the best one we've got out of here. You all know is American, and I don't love them, but I've got the most miles and all the upgrades there. But they don't have a nonstop to Orlando, which is not good. No, well, go Southwest barely does a lot of time. I'll typically New York? go through DC or Charlotte is where I connect oh, through okay. for almost everything. That's not too bad. Weren't we trashing airlines the other day? I think we were, weren't we? Trying to figure out who was the worst. I think I recall that conversation. I don't think I was part of that. What does Captain say? Southwest Airlines, right? I don't know. They're good. Isn't that what he said? That's what the nickname is for him, but I like them. I wouldn't fly that. Your ghetto airline. Breeze? Oh, They have first class. I paid for the extra legroom seat parts. Would that thing run you $47 round trip? <laughs> no, it was more than that. Uh, 250 each round trip. That's not once, bad, actually. Once you start adding in, like, picking seats, which if I was flying by myself, I would do it cheaper. But going with Sarah, she doesn't want to sit by herself. And then we're getting a, a check bag, which we don't need. But you get it when you pick your seat. So it ended up being like $40 more per person to do all that stuff. Have you ever walked by like the spirit or frontier gate? And there's always that one person screamed at the top of their lungs about that. They shouldn't have to pay for their coin purse that they're trying to take on with them. And they're getting shaken down for another 60 bucks for their purse. Oh, it's I, ridiculous. I, I could sit across from that gate all day long and watch the show. It's ridiculous. So they nickel and dime you. That's the only reason I like Southwest is because they don't care. They just put everything on the plane. Who cares? You get your, you get your bags, but you got to line up with an ear tag in like cattle with your number on it. But other than that, you're fine. <laughs> they all have their pluses, mostly minuses. You're right. It is. It's a miserable experience overall. There's no, not any single airline like nails it where it's like, this is a nice experience for everybody involved. It's all miserable. People aren't happy. No one wants to be on a plane. No. That's why I haven't been on in years. That's, is that the only reason, just because of the travel? I got to try to eliminate my misery because you just labeled me as the most miserable one on the show. Open so imagine how bad it would be if I had to fly all the time. <laughs> but you like airports and you like flights. I love aviation. I'm fascinated by it. But but you um, also like airports. You like hanging out in airports. Oh, I do. Yeah, there's nothing better than being delayed and being able to just sit around and watch planes take off and land. I love it. I used to ride my bike to TF Green, get a little KFC over there on airport road. That KFC is still kicking. Everything else around it's like dirt, and that KFC is just still there. Do they still have the place that had all the salt for the? Uh, no, that, that's gone. That dome, now. that place went. That place. They knocked that down. They were gonna build a like a rental car place, and they they broke ground on it like three weeks before COVID hit, and then that went to you know what. So now about, it's just an empty about, lot. Uh, the roast beef joint. Waltz. Yeah, is Waltz. That, Waltz that's moved. moved. Right? Yeah, yeah, they're they're across. They've been in like three different spots in the last five years, which isn't a great sign, but. Walter's roast beef. Yeah, Phil doesn't make to, it all the way up to Warwick that often. Not if we can get past Route Four, the the, the four two interchange. If we don't have to go north of there, we're yeah, good. Why would why would why would you? Every time I go down there, I'm like, oh, I hate move, driving back to the ghetto. I remember we were driving around before my sister's wedding, and we were like on Post Road, and you're like, this is the worst area in America. You feel like you're in like Baghdad. Oh, it's road. awful. Yeah. Anyway. Whenever I, whenever I watch Cranston PD live with John DePietro, I start getting heart palpitations. <laughs> but you watch it religiously. Yeah, and then I don't. I send you screenshots or ask you if you know what like this middle <laughs> yeah, school how, is. Yeah, how and... close are you to here? Where's this? <laughs> Say what you want. I watched a town council member get arrested for DUI on live PD. What's better than that? That's pretty good. That's good. That's not bad. And got reelected. Got to love Rhode Island. <laughs> Doesn't take much to get reelected in Rhode Island. No, it takes one letter. That's all it takes. Could be worse. Didn't Pennsylvania reelect a dead guy in the last election? That might be. I don't know if it was Pennsylvania, but that has happened. In I the want past. to say it was yeah. Pennsylvania. He'd been dead for like three months, and they just they clicked off his name. They were used to voting for him. Yeah. Anyway, should we take a break here and we'll get into it? we got a lot to talk yeah, about. Yeah, we've got Phil. a lot to cover, don't we? I labeled this as part one. We'll see how it goes. Uh-oh. And then uh, hopefully we'll we'll get it get it in a couple parts because this, this is a big uh, big trip we got coming up. So we'll be back uh, after this break. Your attention, please. <laughs> the 
Santa Fe and Disneyland passenger train, E.P. Ripley, now loading on track number one for a trip around Walt Disney's Magic Kingdom. All aboard! We are back from break, episode number 476 of the WDW Beyond the Gates podcast. And this week we are joined by Angry New Phil Jr. to start his Disneyland trip. Does that make you laugh, Mike, it's every so time? It's so dumb. The name's just dumb, isn't it? Like, it's one thing to type it out, but to hear it said out loud, it's very dumb, isn't it? Yes. Uh, we're joined to talk about a uh, Disneyland trip review. Phil uh, flew out to California and had a little time at Disneyland. First time in Disneyland? Yeah, we'd never been out before. It was time for something new. There you go. And you were able to, uh, I know you talked about it in the past, you were able to walk a Grand California reservation. Yeah, you guys talked about it last week. It took me six weeks every morning of getting up, and, and I had been just adamantly against walking reservations for years. It just made me so irritated, but that was the only way you were getting it, period irritated that other people did it yeah it, it yeah. just i'm a big fan of game in the system but even that one seemed a little shady because it screws with everybody else's reservations but if you want grand cal i mean there's so few rooms out there if you want it at seven months you got to play the game it's the only way so how how long before you had to start walking did you start looking for just a night or two like how much did you need i don't know how it works walking. so that that much I mean, essentially, you've got to, if you've got a high time, you've got to look for an open set of dates because everyone books out, you know, three, four, five days. It's yeah. a lot easier to add on to the end. So I want to say probably three months before the seven month window. So probably two months after I had, eh, give or take, three months, I started just looking for a four or five day opening. And then when I saw one, it was about six weeks before we were due to go out. My dates were somewhat flexible. So I booked five or six days and then every morning woke up and took a day off the front end and added it to the back end. Every morning, 8 a.m., just added it on. And that was the only way to do it. I mean, Greg Cal's got, I'd have to look at the count, but a, a ridiculously small number of DVC rooms. Yeah. And you had what, a one bedroom or two? We had a one bedroom. One bedroom. Yeah. I, don't, I don't have two bedroom points, one bedroom heard enough and it was like 256 <laughs> points or some ungodly number for how many nights was it that you were we went that? six nights so we checked in we flew out on saturday visited my wife's family on saturday got there sunday and checked back out on saturday okay was yeah, it worth all the uh all the hassle yes i'll say that hesitantly yes okay. it was just a different experience but yeah i mean the, the hotel is absolutely gorgeous and, and being able to just walk out of your hotel straight into downtown disney straight into california adventure across downtown disney into disneyland was huge uh, and i'll talk about it later but that extra half hour in the park in the morning totally different experience than walt disney world worth it all day long to stay on property was it worth almost 260 points uh, maybe Think of how much that cash day would have been, though. Oh, it, I think I priced it out beforehand, and if you wanted to do cash, it was somewhere between fifteen hundred and two thousand a night to get the one bedroom rack rate. So it completely and utterly unaffordable for me. Yeah, that's crazy. Now I will say the my first when I went to Disneyland now ten years ago, my first impression and my lasting impression was just how close everything is, and I think you had mentioned that at some point you know, on Facebook, but it's like you, not only are you close to everything like that's on property, you're close to everything basically in Anaheim. Like it's such a different experience in Disneyland than Walt Disney World. You talk about the bubble in Walt Disney World and it's an accurate term. There's not really a bubble in Disneyland. There's like a, a crosswalk that's yeah, protecting it, you. It, from... I mean, it's a bubble to some extent once you get on property. You've got to cross security and everything just to get to downtown Disney because that's where they hold the points but i think i don't know maybe tuesday or wednesday my in-laws needed something from cvs it was like a half mile away they were gonna like walk go get the car take the car it's like i'm just gonna walk to cvs and it, it's a distinct difference you walk outside that gate from grand california and take that corner and there's literally people sleeping at bus stops under blankets 50 feet from the backside of a credit coaster and you, you 
you can get outside the bubble pretty quick. You go up in the, the big Mickey Ferris wheel there at Paradise Pier and you look out, it's just city as far as the eye can see. Right. So there are pluses and minuses to that, but it definitely is not the same as driving into property and you're just surrounded by 40 square miles of swampland and parks. Yeah, that was that was like the biggest thing I really noticed. But do you want to, Mike? Do you want to hear more about the Grand California before we get into the itinerary yes. here? Or like, yeah, so... of course we do. Mike's salivating over the Grand Cal. He yeah, wants this badly. Uh, I, I think I took you guys the very first day. I think I went to drop off the rental car and walk back and went live on the Facebook page. It's it, the resort itself is absolutely gorgeous. Everyone equates it to. A bunch of things it is essentially if you walk inside you would swear you're in wilderness lodge mm. it's just got that feel to it that big cavernous lobby all the woodwork going up and down there's a fire burning over in the corner with rocking chairs there's you know people all over the place it, it, it when i walked in it felt like i was at wilderness lodge that's precisely the feel um the pool's solid the slide's awful even my eight-year-old was like this this, this sucks she was just <laughs> not pleased um, not a lot of seating by the pool. The on-site dining was good. We didn't do Napa Rose because we had the kids, but from what I understand, Napa Rose is phenomenal. They've got that buffet on-site is good. The rooms, I don't know if you guys, if you guys have seen one bedrooms, I would mm -hmm. say very close to Copper Creek again, like, like Wilderness Lodge. My wife thought it was great because it had two bathrooms. You had two little kids and everybody else. The two bathrooms was solid. The room was in need of an update. Uh, they, oh, they really? Need a, they, they need a refurb. They're still very nice. Everything worked. We didn't have any problems whatsoever, but you could tell they were getting a little old. It, it was time to start redoing stuff. You know, there's no USB plugs all over the place. The cabinets aren't completely lined up when you close them. Just things like that. But it was it was certainly gorgeous. I don't know that it was the kind of points I paid gorgeous, but that's just what you're going to pay to go out to Disneyland. So you had to suck it up and accept it. Now, if that was just dropped on Walt Disney World property, do you think it would be in such high demand? Or is it just because it's the only game in town out there for DVC? I think it's the only game in town. Wilderness Lodge you can get for the most part, and you can get Copper Creek with the exception of like the high volume weeks. You can usually sneak in there. Uh, you know, For the point count, you're talking the same thing as... Riviera, Grand Floridian. I mean, it's a pretty high point count. Bay Lake Tower, Poly, all the monorail resorts. I don't know that as many people would be booking it like they are. I mean, it would certainly fill up. It's a beautiful resort. Yeah. But I don't think it's nine or ten months out fill up. I just don't see that happening on Walt Disney World property. And again, it's a matter of how many rooms are in that hotel. There's very few to be had, so they're in high demand. Yeah, I'm sure that plays a big, a big factor. Is there? Is it separate? There's no DVC lobby there, I assume, with the amount of rooms or anything. Like no, that. they literally, if you were to look at the map, it is one very end of one wing of Grand California that's DVC. Hmm. Everything else is standard rooms. It's the same lobby. It's You've got to walk out to one end, but it, it's only the end of that wing that's DVC. There's nothing that separates. As a matter of fact, I, I went down to the gift shop. And one of the women said something about DVC and she said, well, are you going to start staying here? I mean, she's working the gift shop at Grand Californian. Well, they're putting up that new DVC tower. You're a DVC member. You're going to start staying here. So I am staying here. She said, yeah, but as a DVC member, so I'm staying in this hotel as a DVC member. She <laughs> said, we have DVC rooms. She was utterly shocked and she worked there. So there's not a lot there. They, I don't think they typically even know that it exists. There's so few rooms. Yeah. It seems like it's an afterthought or at least a, not not in a bad way, but it's just not as in high demand. But well, it's in high demand, but they're just not the inventory out there. And with the Disneyland one, it'll help alleviate that a little now, bit. What do we have to thirteen, fourteen resorts on Walt Disney World property? DVC is huge. You've got monster resorts too, Saratoga, Old Key West, and those hold a lot of people. Right. There's as many rooms in one section of Old Key West as there is in the entirety right now at Disneyland. Yeah, that makes sense. So what else? So talk about it a little more. Just uh, any impression. So the pool's not that impressive, or the slide anyway. The slide was the pool smaller? was nice. There's there's three. Yeah. I mean, everything's just kind of smaller. Um, what else? I, I, by far, I mean, everyone talks about it, but it's absolutely true. There is something to be said for walking across the lobby. You have your own little security line. You pass through security and you step into DCA. Yeah. We looked over DCA with our room, which I'll get into that later. That's a whole other story. Um, but it, 
people book Bay Lake Tower for the access to Magic Kingdom, imagine walking out of Bay Lake Tower and into Magic Kingdom. That that's essentially what it is. You would be walking in right at Space Mountain if they were side by side. There's no walk to the park when it comes to DCA. Yeah. You my daughter actually hopped from foot to foot. She's like in the hotel, in the park, in the hotel, in the park. She thought that was the greatest thing ever. That's really cool in the morning, but you know, like we went on the Grizzly River Rapids or Grizzly River Run and got completely soaked. And two minutes hmm. later, we were back in our hotel. There's no walking. There's no anything. Disneyland, you just took the downtown Disney entrance from the hotel, which is the same thing just on the other side. And then from there, it's 300 yards till you're in the promenade between the two parks. We never actually, my wife mentioned it the last day, we never actually took the front gate into DCA because we never had to. We just leave oh, the hotel okay. in the morning and walk into DCA. Yeah. We never saw the turnstiles at the front. The customer service there was superb. Everyone was as friendly as could be. Um, the grounds are absolutely gorgeous. You're walking through. You can see everything. But again, right outside, you know you're in downtown Anaheim. There's no doubt about it. Uh, I will say that the lobby was packed. The number of people that just come in to use the Wi-Fi in the lobby or by the convention center is is kind of insane. So if you're used to that whole Wilderness Lodge feel, imagine, I would say like the Poly, you know, draws a big crowd, Beach Club draws a big crowd, just people coming in to use everything. You take all the day guests that just want a cool place to hang out, they all go and hide inside the Grand Cal Lobby. It was mobbed every day we were there. Oh, just people just hanging out, getting out of the sun for a few minutes. Or exactly. Whatever. There were a ton of people in there with their laptops open on Wi-Fi, doing their work, just hanging out in the lobby. So it, it it's a destination. It's an event for people that are looking for some place to hide after they parked their car in the parking garage and trammed in, which I don't love, but it is what it is. I guess that's the curse of it being so small and close to everything. You can literally walk from Disneyland or California Adventure into that lobby in less than five minutes, basically. Yeah, easily with no question about it. And people were just hanging out right through the afternoon in the lobby. Yeah. Set up like it was their mobile office. <laughs> That's kind of funny. Down the hallways, there's chairs and rocking chairs in the hallways through the lobby, outside the pool area, just lounging around with their laptops on their lap and working away, just using the Wi-Fi. So what was your, uh, what was your schedule like when you were there? So it was kind of strange. This started out as we were just going to leave and take the kids. It was something different. Everyone, I think, was getting, I don't say tired of Walt Disney World, but it was kind of becoming old hat. We weren't doing anything new. We'd wanted to see Disneyland, and we had some family out there. So the initial idea was we were just going to take the kids, go out there for a week, and kind of visit my in-laws briefly. And maybe my sister-in-law was going to come spend a day or two in the park. And maybe four or five months before we left, I got the joyous announcement from my in-laws that they had booked a ticket and they were going to fly out with us. And then we got there and it was determined that we weren't staying in Anaheim. They had booked a room for everybody up in Burbank. So by the time all was said and done through Wednesday, we had 10 people. And then for the rest of the week, we had eight after my mother-in-law and father-in-law went home. So the schedule that I had planned out was a little different. Trying to plan around 10 people is not fun for anyone who's ever done it. So we started the first day, obviously in Disneyland. You just, you got to hit the original. Yeah. And then our plan is what it usually was. We do one park the first half of the day and then go back to the room, hang out, swim, and then go into another park the second half of the day. So we actually spent the day in Burbank seeing the Hollywood sign and all the other fun stuff up there. We actually got to, I'm not supposed to make this public, see the, uh, the carousel at Griffith Park that Walt actually came up with the idea of Disneyland at. We get to hang out with the owner and talk to her a whole bunch. They've got some some repair problems and other things going on with the carousels closed, but we got to spend some time with her and then uh, took him over to Traveltown to see the trains and then drove down from Burbank to Anaheim on Sunday afternoon, which wasn't so bad. Checked into Grand Cal. I got the text message about one o'clock saying our room was ready so we could go right into it, which was great. So spent the first night in downtown Disney, just walked around, let the kids look at pins. They got to see the monorail going overhead because the monorail circles everything and had a decent meal at uh, Tortilla Joe's, which is the Mexican restaurant right there on property. And just kind of got the kids acclimated and settled in, saw the pool area, hung out there for a while, had a good meal, went back up to our room and got ready to hit the parks. And then on Monday, went into Disneyland and 
this is when it became apparent that, you know, there's only the three on-site hotels, really. You know, you go to Walt Disney World and you get that extra half hour in the morning and you're like, all right, well, it, it's okay. You know, it's not great. They only open up certain things. But when you consider the number of properties and resorts that have access to that, you're dumping 10, 15,000 people into the park in any given morning and it's spread out. But it didn't occur to me until we actually did it. So you do your typical entrance down Main Street and there's almost no one there and you're looking around. It's kind of a ghost town. And they've got the line off to the right going into Tomorrowland, same as it is in Magic Kingdom. And you get up there and they scan your room key because your magic bands don't work the same. And you walk into, uh, I think we went straight to Fantasyland. And it's a ghost town. Like we got pictures in front of the castle with nobody else around. We hmm. got into Fantasyland and you've only got Disneyland Hotel, uh, Pixar Pier or Paradise Pier, whatever they're calling it now, that either hotel in Grand Cal. And all those people are split between two different resorts, uh, two different parks, because both get the extra half hour. Right. And you walk into Fantasyland, and Mike was, uh, you were right. All the rides are right on top of each other. So all your original dark rides, Peter Pan, Pinocchio, Alice in Wonderland, Snow White, Mr. Toad are all at most maybe 75 feet apart. And that's from one to the, the other, all the way from the beginning to the longest. And I think in the first half hour, think we hit four of the five and we only didn't go to the fifth because we were waiting for our in-laws to enter the park they had stayed off site so not only do you have rides that are close together you can just hop one to the other to the other there's nobody in the park that extra half right. hour is is huge especially when you've got big crowds you can crush easily 75 percent of fantasy land first thing in the morning without even blinking before anybody else is allowed through the gates yeah they're all pretty short too those rides i mean a minute a minute and a half i mean the most yeah. of them share the same building one on either side but that was kind of cool that, you know, you the first time you walk in, everyone had warned me that it was smaller. The castle is, without a doubt, after seeing Cinderella's castle for years, is tiny. But you can feel it in the park. Like, if you're a Disney fan, if you like the history and you like Walt and you like all the stuff that went into it, you walk in and, and there's the train right up above. And it's the original trains and the original train station. And there's something cool about seeing that whole Disneyland thing in front of you. And then you walk into the main square and all the shops are lined up and it, it, it's reminiscent of what you've been used to for years, but they're all just slightly different. And you can just kind of feel the history in the park and you look to your left and where we usually see our fire station, you just look up and there's the lamp in the window and it kind of hits you that, that that's where Walt's apartment is. And if you're kind of a history, Disney history geek, like I am, that's just cool. I think I stood there for a minute or two and just because the park was fairly empty and started remembering all the stories you hear about Walt waking up in the morning and the jungle cruise is running and you can hear it in the background because they ran it 24 seven, the audio. And you could just kind of imagine Walt walking out of his apartment and down the street, all the main street cars are just sitting there lined up, ready to go. And as you're walking down again, Disney geek, I'm used to looking up at the windows and we've got some pretty cool windows at Walt Disney world. And we've got, you know, Tom Nabby and we've got Dick Nunes and we've got all kinds of stuff. And I look up to my right very timely and there is a whole door dedicated to Raleigh Crump. Like, well, that's just, that's cool. Yeah. You can feel it when you walk in the park that that's just, they say you're walking in Walt's footsteps and you, you really are. And even though the castle's down the end of the street and it's smaller, there's something undeniably cool about walking down the original and kind of imagining what it was in 1955. Like people all dressed up and Walt's there and he's handing out his cards. And there's some true legends on those windows, which is really quite cool. Yeah. And it's, everything feels a little, it's smaller. So everything's like closer to you when you're in the middle of main street, it, it's different in a good way. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. There is a lot of that. You can kind of, Almost uh, smell all the cigarette smoke. <laughs> that, that I was, was going to ask yeah. if you could smell any cigarette smoke. Yeah, because that's the one thing you think it, of. It's kind of cool to stand there. It's you know I remember going to Walt Disney World in the early to mid '80s, and you know it was a totally different world. But just imagine it thirty years before that, where like the Pepper's Ghost and you know the dark rides were like the ultimate. Just these plywood doors that swung out of the way as the car careened through it, and now here we are today doing Tron and you know these monster 
4D rides with flights of passage. It's it was a different world. It's definitely more quaint, but it's definitely cool. Yeah. And there's something to be said for just being there and, and truly feeling it. Yeah, going into like the original Tiki Room Tropical Serenade and like having that and knowing like Walt sat in there and and like watched that show a thousand times probably. Yep. You you don't get that same because he never really was in Disney World. Obviously, yeah. when it opened, he wasn't in it. He was part of it, but you know, like you can actually kind of convince yourself like I'm actually sitting where Walt may have sat or actually did sit in it. And in some cases, you kind of are. You know, there, there's a lot of new stuff there compared to opening day, but there's a lot of opening day attractions there. Like, the, right, you, you go on some of these, especially Fantasyland. You know, you you go into Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, and you're like, okay, well. Raleigh did a lot of this and and Walt did it, you know, sitting on the jungle cruise and you're, you're going down the river. And I was actually imagining not just Walt, but remembering the old videos of them with a station wagon sitting on top of the station wagon, driving through a dugout dirt pit to determine right. what the line was supposed to be. It, it, yeah, it, it, there's a lot more feels there from the whole historical perspective. I mean, you know, there's no nostalgia there, obviously for me, but you've been reading about these things for years and years and suddenly you're standing on the grounds and you're like, oh, that, that that's kind of damn cool. Yeah. Cause you, you don't get that same feeling. Like I like California adventure a lot, but it just feels like a better version of Hollywood studios. Whereas like Disneyland feels like you're walking into a museum. Oh, very way. much. So yeah. it, it, you walk in right on the right, you are walking into a museum, which is actually kind of cool. So I've got to track it down. At the carousel at Griffith Park, there's a green bench that says, this is the bench that Walt sat at while with his daughters and came up with the idea for Disneyland. And you walk into uh, Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln, and they've got a carousel horse, and they've got a green bench that looks exactly like the one at the carousel, and it's got the same gold plaque on it. It says, this is the bench that Walt Disney sat on. So I've got yeah. to figure out which one is actually the bench. The original. Yeah. Yeah, there's, a, there's two benches in two different locations. Oh, it's like the Walt bench. It's like the Liberty Bell, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So there's a lot of cool stuff there. Um, you know, you, you, same thing. You walk into Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln. Like, you look up, and there's all these paintings on the wall that were done by the original Disney artists. You're like, well, don't see a lot of that in Walt Disney World, that's for sure. You see a lot of right. cool stuff, but you don't see those. You know, you don't see the windows for the, the nine old men. Those are just sitting there at Disneyland. Um, you know, you get to little touches like my kids were fascinated you go all the way down to main street on the left you've got the opening to one of the shops and it's red and white bulbs and there's one bulb that's half red and half white and my kids were watching these youtube videos that talked about the secrets of disneyland and there's one bulb that's half red and half white because apparently walt got all pissy one day because it went red white red white 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 and he determined that his ocd just couldn't handle that so they painted mm -hmm. the bulb half red and half white like it's just those little touches that that are cool now, what uh, I know there's a lot of uh, duplicate attractions that aren't exactly the same between Disneyland and Walt Disney World, and everyone always debates who has the better Haunted Mansion, who has the better, you know, Thunder Mountain, who has the better this, who has the better that. What are your What are some of your thoughts on on these? So let's just start with the obvious one. Our small world at Walt Disney World sucks. The small world at Disneyland is awesome. Well, you, you go got, outside. You yeah. go outside. It's this monster Mary Blair, Raleigh Crump designed show building with the, the clock of the world and the original boats. And it's not this little basement that you walk into down a little line. Um, the boats are a little smaller. They've got a bunch of the same little characters bouncing around all over the place, but they've also got Disney characters everywhere. Like, you know, you've got Lilo and Stitch in Hawaii. You've got, you know, the Lion King and all the Africa stuff. It, every one of the scenes has a little Disney touch. And when I had heard about that, I was a little turned off. I'm like, Oh, they, they drop IP into everything, but it fits. We actually turned it into a game looking piece to piece to piece. Their small world beyond any measure is far better not just the history of it, just the presentation of it, where it is in the park. Cool thing is the last night we were there, I'll just skip ahead. They do projection shows in the front of small world, which was infinitely cool to spread the crowds out for the fireworks. We thought that was hmm. just awesome. Um, their big thunder mountain is better. It's just a hair longer. It's got a little bit more effects. The jungle cruise 
in addition to being the original, has got a couple of really cool scenes. They don't have the temple that you run through, but they've got some really cool stuff. Um, I think overall ride for ride, I'd probably call them equal, but Disneyland has a little bonus for being the original. Um, Tiki Room, the pre-show is far better. You sit in this little garden right outside the Tiki Room and every god statue has a little show and it's far more drawn out it's far more intimate you're there the voices boom down on you there's fire out of one there's water out of the other it's definitely a cooler experience than walt disney world even though walt disney world has the show um you know they've got some attractions we don't longer have they've got we were i think we went on mr toad three times every time i went on there that's fantastic i was complaining that we got winnie the pooh like we lost this for winnie the pooh arguably the worst ride me it was phenomenal toad is so perfect and we got winnie the pooh they're winnie the poohs yeah yeah, there's a bad okay. neighbor place country bears, so that's a pretty bad trade off too. We're going to ruin two good attractions. I'll take country Coast. bears yeah. all day long. I, I, yeah. I, I, I swear one of these days that show is going to get canceled and it's going to break my heart because it's just perfect. I mean, even my kids laugh; and they don't even know what the jokes are. They just laugh because yeah. everybody else laughs. Uh, what else is the same? Haunted Mansion is uh, they've got a cooler building, I think, than we do. You actually go down in the elevator, which is cool. But other than that, it's really the same ride. I think once we get the Hatbox Ghost like they have, it'll be the exact same thing. I, I don't. Yeah. I didn't really have a love for one or the other. They're both pretty cool. Um, their Pirates entrance is cooler, yeah. but it just didn't have the smell. Anybody that's been to Walt Disney World knows you just yeah, walk in first, Pirates, you get that smell. That first five minutes of the ride, though, when you're going by the Blue Bayou, is like... It just reminds you of uh, being on the boat ride in Mexico. It's exactly what it reminds me. If we were joking, yeah. we had actually started trouble there one night. I was misbehaving, and it was middle of COVID, and I was a little rambunctious. So we were coming to the Mexican pavilion, and I yelled at some table, how are the tacos? The guy yelled back, they're okay, but try the enchiladas. So we didn't try that at Blue Bayou. We ate at Blue <laughs> Bayou one night, actually, Wednesday night, and it was it was solid. Um, so their entrance to walk into the ride is much cooler. At Pirates yeah. of the Caribbean. So I've got a picture of it. Like you're just walking in. It's this monster building in front of you. The rafts actually come right by you on this little bend as you're boarding. But our line queue going through, is it Castillo del Moro, is much cooler with the armament on one side and the cannons and the lines. So our line queue is far cooler at Walt Disney World. Their Pirates ride is much longer, has a lot more detail. Yeah. There's a lot of cool scenes that we don't have. Um, so I think I'd like our line queue at Walt Disney World, but their ride at Disneyland. I think it's it's just a cooler, more immersive experience. And there's a lot more there. I also like their ride because the drop was necessary because you literally go under the train tracks with the drop and they just tried to duplicate it in Florida just because there was a drop in the original one. Like the drop's not necessary for the engineering of the ride. It's just part of the ride. Whereas like they had to work around that in the Disneyland one to make it. Does least... ours stay on property? Because remember, Pirates was not an opening day attraction in Walt Disney World. Do we have to get under the tracks back there? I'm not sure that we don't actually at Walt Disney World. Are you? Oh, maybe they did the same thing. Am I conflating the two? Is it... No, because they definitely No, they definitely have to get yeah. theirs out. I'm just wondering if ours is unnecessary because remember, Pirates at Walt Disney World was not an opening day attraction. They decided That's that true. no one in Florida wanted to do anything the caribbean and everyone kept asking where the pirates ride was yeah. so i'm not entirely sure that's true i think i knew at one point but yeah i think their ride overall is just just better for pirates um you know they've got some some cool stuff we don't have did you do splash mountain we did splash it's also a little different i got it's s- not as i heard it wasn't as good i never went on, when i was there it was closed so i never I spent on... most of the time completely so they've got one yeah fairly sizable drop right in the beginning and my daughter insisted that i sit in front so she got covered by the splash and they didn't realize they were sitting the biggest person in the party in the front of the so there's a setup you kind of straddle the seat and i think you're four deep and it's one person per and seat. Yeah, it's right? one person per seat so there it was definitely more jarring slightly different setup um I didn't think it was better or worse, but it was one of those that we had to do just because like Walt Disney World, I think it's getting shut down at the end of the month. So we were determined we were going to get one more ride on Splash before it became 
Tiana's Bayou Adventure. So that had to happen. I think we did that right before lunch one day and then sat in the sun to get dry because we just got killed. <laughs> they, they put a wall of water over the front of the boat. It was it was ugly. Now, you're uh, not a Star Wars guy, right? So I'm not a Star Wars guy. We Is did it do... jarring? Because like, it doesn't really fit. It doesn't fit. They do a good job transitioning the theme there like they do at Hollywood Studios. Like you can access from a couple of different points. And when you walk in, it's the same slow transition where you come through like a cave or a tunnel Mm -hmm. and you walk into it. We were there, I think, twice overall in the trip. Even my kids, they just wanted to see it. They wanted, I think, Millennium Falcon had like a 10 minute wait time. So we ran over there and we had walked through once, but they're not really Star Wars kids. They tried to get into it and didn't. And you know, uh, I'll go and see it because it's cool. It's immersive. There was a lot of thought put into it. But if I didn't see Star Wars, it wouldn't break my heart. They did have the Star Wars overlay on Space Mountain. We had Hyperspace Mountain, hmm. which was cool and not cool. I wanted to hear the the actual Space Mountain music because they pipe it straight into the car, unlike what we do. Oh, and the yeah. same thing, it's a different ride vehicle. Isn't so... the ride vehicle better, though? I think so. I've uh, undoubtedly, that. I think it's smoother. These are uh, side by side, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. So exactly. Like yeah. So it's flipped, right? Exactly. Compared to Splash Mountain, these are side by side. The sound gets piped straight into the the ride vehicle, so you've got a much cooler sound effect. There were projections all over the walls for Star Wars. You were kind of reliving the whole, you know, Red Wing one scene as they were going through that. It was undoubtedly cool. We kept hitting oh, that. Oh, so they shoehorn. Star Wars into Space Mountain. Just uh, for, I believe, the month of May. Just for for the whole May the 5th thing. They turned it into May the 4th, rather. Um, Shows you how much of a Star Wars fan I am. Yeah, exactly. um, Yeah, they do a whole hyperspace mountain overlay where it's different music and different projections, which was cool. We got to see it. I would have liked to have seen the original. Um, I would have liked to have seen Matterhorn. Matterhorn's still down until the beginning of June. That broke my heart a little bit. I really wanted to do Matterhorn. But without a doubt, Space Mountain is a much smoother, cleaner ride at Disneyland than it is at Disney World. So Matterhorn feels like Space Mountain in Disney World if someone's punching you in the back the whole time. You're like the third person to tell me I didn't miss anything and I would have needed a chiropractor afterwards. It, it's, I, it's rough. It was one of the few. I went for our honeymoon and we had an earthquake that day. So they closed the park for like seven hours. But that was one of the rides that we were able to go on. And I just remember I was like, I got off and I was like, holy crap. Like it was like a rinky dink carnival amusement yeah. ride where you just got jolted at every turn. And I enjoyed it. But like I, I'll go on Thunder Mountain 10 times in a row if the line's not long. And when I was there, I was doing single rider and I could have gone on it like 10 times because Sarah wouldn't go on uh, roller coasters. Her neck was hurting anyway because she uh, got a little bit of whiplash on the. Uh, radiator springs the from the day before so she didn't want to go on the matterhorn and i went on it single rider and she's like you can go on it again if you want because there was no wait for single rider i'm like now nah, i'm all set whereas pretty much any other roller coaster i've been on at walt disney world i would have gone on maybe two or three times in a row and that just that's one of the day right i'm now. glad i did it but yeah you're not missing that much that's i wouldn't make i wouldn't make another trip to california to do matterhorn put it that way now nah, it would have been cool to see while we were there, though. It's like yeah, one of those bucket absolutely. list items, you know, first sure. tubular steel roller coaster, and um, but yeah, undoubtedly, I would. We did space. I think every morning that we went into Disneyland, we hit space because the the weight was so low. I think yeah. we Lightning Lane did a couple of times just because I had the Lightning Lane stuff. My kids did Big Thunder half a dozen times. I think I did it once or twice because we had my niece and nephew with me. So we were using our lightning lanes to kind of shuffle the kids over to stuff to keep them entertained. So it's my niece's one roller coaster that she'll truly do in her favorite ride. So she was determined she was going to get it in a few times. So I just kept grabbing lightning lanes for her and sending her through. Um, Yeah, definitely. I think it's probably, probably their favorite at Walt Disney world. If you had to ask them ultimately what their favorite ride is and they had to pick one as far as roller coasters, they like others once, but they'll just do Big Thunder again and again. And yeah, again it's got the best rewritability, I think. Of it. Yeah, I completely agree. So the kids did it a whole bunch. What else did we do? We um, that first day we went over into Mickey's Toontown. That's a little. Glaring. We just redid. Is it done yet? Or yeah, it's done. It's reopened. It's cool. Um, 
we didn't see anyone fight there, which was kind of a disappointment. I said <laughs> we were there as a big giant family, so we needed to get in a scuffle. Someone's hair needed yeah. to get pulled. Um, I know my sister-in-law, who's there all the time, said it was traditionally her least favorite place to go. But the kids enjoyed it. They did Mickey and Mickey's, Minnie and Mickey's Runaway Railway, uh, which is inside the exact same ride. The line queue is a little different, obviously, mm-hmm. without the theater to go through. Um, they've got a slightly different theme, but once you get on the ride, it is the exact same. It's just a carbon copy park to park. There's there's nothing I saw that was any different there. Now that Roger Rabbit ride they replaced was pretty cool. I don't My know if your daughter Rabbit went fan? on it. I did not. Okay. Oh, it's still, I thought they replaced. It. They didn't replace it. It's still there. No, Roger Rabbit's still there because oh, I, I thought they completely replaced it with that. That's no, it's there. That. My wife and daughter went over there because she wanted to do something over there. I can't even remember. My son had just you know he's 10 he has zero interest in going back to toontown and playing on the playground so he and i went and did early on i think pirates and haunted mansion again my daughter's not a big fan of the mansion so they went over and did roger rabbit and they thought it was cool i mean they thought it was cute we never got to do the lion king show that was right there we had talked about it a bunch of times but there were other things they wanted to do playground's really cool place to let the kids blow off steam uh they've got the uh, gadget coaster over there which is essentially oh, just so, yeah. like the it's barnstormer. Goofy's Barnstormer. It's almost the exact same ride. It's a little more comfortable just because the seats are different, but it's it's 27 seconds of <laughs> a little tiny coaster and you're right back off. But the little ones enjoyed it and it is what it is. Um, that first day, I, I'm pretty sure we only stuck to the that side of the park. We didn't even make it over with the exception of, I think very quickly we might have gone over to maybe do jungle cruise that first day or something like that, just because we saw a short wait. But for the most part, we stuck in that whole side of the park and we filled until probably one o'clock in the afternoon, grabbed some lunch and, and then headed back to the hotel room. Where did you have lunch? Quick serve or did you have a sit down? Yeah, we had quick serve. I mean, I can get into that. Their quick serve there is everyone said, don't worry about sit down dining reservations or quick serves much better. The way we always plan our trips is we, get up early in the morning. We hit it hard because as everyone knows, you can get a ton done in the morning before the crowds show up. And we'll typically run our kids hard, especially on the May trip in Florida, because it's just brutally hot till about 11 o'clock in the morning. And they're just toast. And we'll go back to the hotel and we'll relax. And we'll typically leave the hotel three o'clock in the afternoon. We'll go into whatever park we're spending that night at. We let the kids have a couple of rides and then we all go sit down somewhere nice and cool for a dinner. We change clothes and that, completes our night so not having the sit-down reservations we typically do or the sit-down options threw me a little bit i'll say that their quick serve is by far heads and tails their typical everyday quick serve is better than what you find at any of the epcot festivals they're just that much better at it there's way more options the options are far more varied to the point where we were actually bopping back and forth. And you, know, you go to Walt Disney World and everywhere has a mac and cheese and a cheeseburger and a chicken finger for the kids. We're at Disneyland. We had to go to other quick serve restaurants to find a chicken finger for the kids <laughs> and then bring it back to where the adults were eating. There's just a, a plethora of options for quick serve. With that said, I it's one of the things that I that I really missed about Walt Disney World was we didn't have that sit down option. There's some sit down restaurants, but we are so spoiled in Orlando for the number of sit down restaurants, good, solid, decent sit down restaurants we have. Yeah, there's not it that was, many in either park there, not even in downtown Disney. That's what everyone said. Like, oh, you've yeah. always got downtown Disney. We ate there a couple of nights once we booked it, once we just stumbled across something because our plans got canceled. Um, we were supposed to have plans Thursday night to watch Fantasmic during one of their overpriced dining packages but then obviously a week before we went out there fantastic was no more yeah so we had to mix it up and we found something but i think every afternoon we found something that was solid to eat there was no problem finding food it got a little busy on some of the nights so people were piling into the park early we had a bunch of grad nights some star wars nights but there was never a problem finding something good or something decent to eat from a quick serve restaurant yeah, that quick serve in like New Orleans is pretty solid. I don't know if you ate at that one. We had talked about going one. over there. We ended up, I think the the personal favorite around the crowd was um, Hungry Bear oh, in okay. Critter Country because they had some good burgers. They had some good chicken sandwiches. They had some stuff for the kids. The smoke jumpers in DCA was, was reasonably decent. 
but you know, we hit a bunch of different places. We were just kind of surfing it. The, the quick serve area in the San Francisco paradise pier pier area was fantastic. They have this taco place that's right there and right across the way is an Asian food location. And I think on two separate days, I got a taco order from the taco place and a ramen order from the Asian place. They were both phenomenal. I think we ate there two or three times just to grab snacks along the way or get stuff. Nice. Um, the tacos were, I think, better than anything I've gotten at a sit-down restaurant inside the Mexi Mexican pavilion or elsewhere at Walt Disney World. And that was mobile order or walk up to the window tacos. And they were fantastic. The ramen was easily as good as most of the ramen we can get around here. They just do quick serve right. And that messed me up to try and imagine being so used to the Walt Disney world. It's the same burger, no matter where you go, it's the same chicken fingers, no matter where you go there, the options are just varied. I mean, where can you go get a, a solid bowl of ramen anytime you want a really good, solid, I mean, really, really good quick serve tacos at Walt Disney world. You can get some passable, decent ones. These were darn good. So I would not hesitate to tell anybody without a doubt that their quick serve is easily 10 times better than ours. Yeah, it's the exception in Walt Disney World where it's the norm out there to have mm -hmm. like great quick serve. You got to really fight to find a really good quick serve and stick with it. Like there's obviously in most of the parks, there's one or two good ones, especially Epcot. Um, <clears throat> but Magic Kingdom in, in Florida just has nothing sit down or quick serve that comes close to probably the worst one at Disneyland. Right. I mean, you know, you've got the stuff that's always going to work. You're like, all right, I could go over to Pecos Bills and it's going to be decent, but it's just going to be okay. Uh, I think on numerous occasions we have left Magic Kingdom to go find food somewhere else because we just couldn't stomach the thought of another mediocre cheeseburger at Cosmic Rays. Right. It just couldn't do it again. Where there, you were kind of spoiled for options, and especially over in DCA. DCA had some really solid quick serve options yeah i know they kind of updated that when they redid the pixar period of parrot or vice versa changed it into pixar over there so i know they added a lot of stuff in that area i know my sister-in-law said that that area is so well liked that when they talked about changing it there were some rumors that that uh taco place in particular was going to get pulled and i guess the locals were just up in arms because <laughs> it was so popular that's we funny. ate it flows that's kind of a cool experience like being at cars land at night cars land is awesome i love that it's and i'm not even cool a big fan of the movie but it's awesome yeah flows was was really solid um you know you've got ice cream across the way there's a bunch of good options in there and it's just Rafferty did it right when he designed Cars Land. Like it, it truly gives you that Route 66 vibe sitting there at night eating a burger at the Roll Up Flows V8 Cafe. And again, it was it was solid food. It wasn't exceptional, but it was easily twice as good as any burger place we've got at <laughs> right. Walt Disney World. And that was the the eh, okay, we do it again one was still that much better. We've got, you know, in retrospect, we've got some good quick serve places on property but you got to go out of the park and over to the hotels to get it at walt disney world i mean there's some really solid quick serve inside the that's fair yeah you know go over to grand floridian fantastic quick serve over there i mean i think i tried to push right there one day grand flow cafe is is really solid for a quick serve but how many people are going to leave the park with their kids hop on the monorail and make the loop or walk all the way down that pathway to get quick serve at grand flow you've got that and more always within a five minute walk at Disneyland at either of the parks. Yeah. I mean, it, I do remember that being very different and that was obviously a long time ago, 10 years ago, but the, just the quick serve, even like the snacks, the quick serve snacks, like Bengal barbecue, you just get like a skewer, you know, like this was like $8. It was as good as anything I've eaten. What kind of skewer? Solid. What's that? What kind of skewer? It was just like a beef and vegetable, like fresh, like, just like, like a just something skewer. that you would you would throw on your grill. Yeah, exactly. Like a kebab. They're tiny, but that's yeah, exactly like a... what it is. You could walk around the park with one of those and just snack on it and be perfectly yeah. happy. Oh, they have them like on a wooden stick or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Just, yep. Yeah, nice. Yep. yep. And, and they though... had you know you walk up to the you know where you get your Dole whips there right next to between Jungle Cruise and yep and, and the Tiki Birds and there was all kinds of stuff there that you know pot stickers and bow buns and and that was just a walk up same place you get your. You know, everything you would find at those crappy little carts at the entrance to Adventureland, all of that, plus 
solid food and it's just a walk up. You want something to snack on. You're never without options. And plus you can mobile order Gibson girl on main street. Boy, did we make use of that one? No, oh, yeah. it's going to be, Oh, ice cream is my weakness. Yeah. I, I cannot say no to ice cream. And the fact that you could just be walking through the park and be like, well, it's mobile order Gibson girl and just going to get a monster Sunday, which we <laughs> did that four times. That's not a bad move. No, never a bad move. Ice cream is never the wrong choice. No, I'm an ice cream guy, especially when you're that's, on vacation. That's, that's so funny because I know Gary loves it and I hate it. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I don't like sweets, honestly. Homemade chocolate chip cookies, I can do like two, maybe three, and then I'm cooked. Like ice cream, I haven't had it in probably a year or two. I would die without ice cream. You guys. Would you really? Oh, you guys know what my gym regimen is like. And I'm kind of fanatical. And ice cream is the sole reason I do not have defined abs. And I'm totally okay with that. Just bring it. And you told me I could, you know, look like Brad Pitt in that Troy movie, or I could have ice cream. It's, I'm, I'm taking ice cream every single time. It's the best one of the day, right there. I tell, we, I tell my kids I mean, at least three times a week. I'm like, oh, the kids wanted Brickleys. The kids didn't want Brickleys. I was driving by. I was like, oh, look, Brickleys is open. Oh, I guess the kids want to stop. It's just an excuse <laughs> for me to get ice cream. Can't go wrong with that. Speaking of, you need to come down with your wife and the girls and do Brickleys and dinner one night. And he's like a whopping. 25 minutes away i mean in rhode island terms you have to pack a lunch but yeah that's gonna make that happen i have to give the kids dramamine before we get in the car for that trip. <laughs> you don't have to hop on a plane it's not a breeze flight all yeah, the way down exactly. here to narragansett well now that the weather's actually nice we'll probably venture south of the towers once in a while yeah we need to make that happen absolutely so i mean that 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 well we're, we're an hour in that got us through the first day anyway yeah, well, I guess we'll take a we'll take our second break, and we'll we'll have you on again next week. Phil, Clearly, good. You, you're going to be scheduled for the next. Uh, how's how's May looking for? Nah, you? I think we can make this happen in the next episode. We got a little <laughs> sideways right. here. All right, we're going to take our second break, and we'll be right back. We are back from break, episode number 476 of the WDW Beyond the Gates podcast is in the books, joined by Angry New Phil Jr. this week to talk about part one of his Disneyland trip. Mike, you're still giggling about that, aren't you? It's so dumb. It is very dumb. It's so dumb. It's because I'm sounding off. I have my like professional broadcaster voice on and I say Angry New Phil Jr. Like <laughs> It just doesn't, doesn't connect, does it? It Fun sounds enough. so good, Angry New Phil Jr. It's a good nickname. I feel like I need to say something offensive now just to live up to the nickname. Well, you're not offensive, Newfield Jr. You're angry. You don't have to be offensive to be angry. I'll bring some of the anger next episode. <laughs> it's okay. It's hard to be angry when you're talking about being at Disneyland for the first time, though. Yeah, it but is. we're we're probably going to hear about like kids swimming around in hot tubs and. Oh, uh, you guys remember that, huh? Yeah, we'll get into that next week. That'll be all right. We can get some of the anger out. Kid wanted to start a water polo team next to me. <laughs> Now, the question is, though, talking about ice cream, what's your go-to flavor? Are you like a crazy flavor guy, or are you just sticking no, with No, I'll, I'll tell you what. So I've got, we talk about Brickley's. I walk up, they know my order. It's banana ice cream with caramel. It's like having a frozen bananas foster. See, that's it. I would never order that in a million. Although I did notice you had those banana shorts on in Disneyland. Which you like I, those? You, did you I see did. the American flag ones, too? I only saw the banana. I didn't see the American flag. Yeah, I had the crazy banana shorts. I like the orange bird shirt, shirt too. She liked that one. I actually I ordered one too that said um Reedy Creek Improvement District prisoner number oh. what was it? One one like ten one 
1971. Where, where do you find this stuff? So um, it's targeted how, Facebook advertising. Yeah, exa- exactly. He's out there just <laughs> destroying somebody. I've, and, I've and got a guy that I follow on T Public who actually has another podcast. He's on, and uh, he's just got good designs. The other one was the um, King Charles Improvement District. I wore that. Oh, because they there. yeah they did the thing about that. Yeah, uh, Dick Nunes green side up. I've got all these esoteric Disney tees that I wear, but everyone is embarrassed to be seen with me in that orange bird disney shirt and i love it i love it oh so that much. was beautiful it was i don't was on wear the, the button fault. down short sleeves like that but get that's a total gary shirt did I you would see re- that one i i've seen it before i didn't see when you were wearing it but i i want to get those but i wouldn't wear them except for when i'm at disney and i don't want to just have like clothes that i only wear at disney I've oh, you need, shirts yeah, you need Disney just shirts. Disney apparel parts. Like, I'm not going to walk around the Warwick Mall with my orange bird Hawaiian shirt. Yeah, but you... Like Nate Morrow. Yeah, but you... <laughs> you would be fancy. <laughs> I would be very fancy. Yeah, but you're one of those jerks who will, like, go out on your 10th anniversary wearing something like that. Like, if you're getting dressed up, you would wear an orange bird because you just need to wear a button down. No, I look nice and... for my anniversary. I wore a jacket for this one. Sport did coat. you really? I wore a sport coat and a nice button. I looked just no as nice kidding. as I did at the Sarah Bay Formal for my anniversary. You did look nice at the Sarah Bay Formal. Yeah. But um, that shirt goes past bad all the way back to good. I saw that from across Main Street and ran. I think I knocked over three kids in a stroller to get to that shirt. The problem great. is I'm too cheap though. I can't spend a hundred and something so, bucks he's on a so shirt. cheap. It wasn't that, that I'm not bad. That I'm only gonna wear at Walt Disney World like once a year. I don't know because they had one in the Polynesian and boutique that I love too. It was like those shirts are so nice, but they're just too expensive. They had a tiki one that I was close to at Disneyland, and it was right at the the Jungle Cruise Adventureland gift shop, and I liked it, but I didn't eighty dollars love it, and it was yeah. an eighty dollars shirt. Like I was like, ah. but again, it was the same thing. It was like at least that the Orange Bird one is just so obnoxiously atrocious. <laughs> I had to love it. Yeah. This one is the one that you just know there's a guy that wears it everywhere, and I'm just not that guy. Now, do you get your twenty percent DVC discount out in California? Ten percent, most of the places. We were yeah. lucky enough that my sister in law is. So the, the entire family has AP. She's got the top level AP. So she was with me all the time. We bought a bunch of Disneyland stuff. So we used her 20%. But when she left, everything DVC was 10%. That's the other thing. You go to Walt Disney World, you've got to ask them if they offer a discount. It doesn't matter where you go at Disneyland. Everybody asks you if you've got something for a discount. It's mm-hmm. automatically applied to every quick service, every mobile order, every mobile checkout. It's just there. You don't even have to look for it. Mm-hmm. So their app does better at that. It's the one thing it does better at. That's interesting. Banana ice cream with caramel sauce. That's it. You're coming down to Brickley's. We're doing this. All right. I mean, I'll try it. My, I'm, I'm a coffee ice. I'll do coffee ice cream with anything. Have you done the Ben and Jerry's coffee, coffee buzz buzz? Yeah, I've had that before. It's phenomenal. My favorite, and it's, uh, I don't love Cold Stone, but they have like the favorite combination. I think it's called the Founder's Favorite. It's a uh, coffee ice cream with peanut butter, almonds, and a, and Oreo cookies mixed in. The problem with Cold Stone is you walk in, you're like, it'll be a $6 ice cream. And then the kids start picking all their fillings and you walk out and you're like, $217 yeah. cups of ice cream. Yeah. Oh, trust me. I know that feeling all too well. It's usually Double gum me, ice but, cream so. and eight pounds of gummy worms in there. Yeah. Like, Wait a minute. Yeah. Hold on a second. Yeah. And then another $1,000 dentist bill after. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> then the tooth fairy visits. I'm getting killed yeah. by the tooth fairy lately. They just got teeth falling out of their head left and right. <laughs> Oh, man. All right. So we'll wrap it up for this week. Phil, thank you for joining us. You'll come back again next week and uh, yeah, absolutely, gentlemen. get through the rest of it. Awesome. We appreciate that. Mike, what's coming up on our YouTube page? YouTube. Well, I was going to ask New Phil Jr. Do you have content to send I do. To I've got to, what's the easiest thing? You want me to upload it to like a Dropbox for you and just let you download it? Uh, you want to send it to my Gmail because I think it will go to the cloud. Uh. Yeah, we can figure that. I'll I'll catch you offline. We'll figure out how to get it over to you. I get a bunch of stuff I can send you. I've got. Oh, the, do you really? Yeah. Well, I've got the the room tour. Do I have to I've give got, you royalties or? No, the, I think we can work this out. If it's under mon- if it's ever monetized, we'll uh, we'll cut you in on the ground. No, I got that. I also did the walkthrough of the um the DVC lounge. lounge. Yeah, the nice. DVC lounge. Re- oh yeah, we've got some good content coming up over the next couple of weeks, Gary Frank Garuda. And that's we at YouTube.com. I'm sorry. Slash at WDWBTG. You can also find us on our other social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at WDWBTG. 
our Facebook group, the WDW Beyond the Gates podcast family. Join us there. Our website, wdwbtg.com. Subscribe wherever you download podcasts. You can email the show, info at wdwbtg.com. Mike at wdwbtg.com. And Gary at wdwbtg.com. I think I got everything. Yep, you nailed it. All right, Phil, thank you so much for joining us for episode number 476. Uh, From my co-host, Mike, my name is Gary. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll talk to you again next week. Now it's time to say goodbye to all our company. M-I-C. See you real soon. Why? Because we like you. Oh